Thanks again for taking the time for this uh, podcast um, uh, meeting. And look, I've been trying to get you on this podcast for a while now. Uh, so, uh, you know, you finally got me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and look, just to just to give listeners an idea. So, um, you know, uh, Zoom, you're going to be co-hosting, you know, occasionally on the podcast. Um, and I'm super excited to have you on board because, look, we've worked uh, with each other in the past. Um, you know, you're, you're a great recruiter, great team lead. Um, quite knowledgeable on on recruitment and talent overall um, and having someone like a, a good sort of senior person provide a take on things um, is something that I, I'm very keen on and to have ideas you know to bounce ideas with mm -hmm. someone that's that's all the more exciting for listeners so thanks again thank you that 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 was a a very flattering intro um, <laughs> but no you know, I'll take your word for it if, if if you feel I'm that good I'll take your word for it of course, of course. Well, look uh, for for the listeners. Can you give us just a tiny, tiny intro to yourself before we go into things like uh, the topic of this day, which is the market, kind of um, yeah. uh, what's happening in talent right now, and kind of what the future looks like. But before jumping into that, can you give us a little intro to to yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Amir. I'm currently the director of talent uh, for Amir over at Stackadat, which is an advertising technology platform. Uh, I've been in recruitment for around 15, 16 years now. A large chunk of that was spent agency side. Uh, I think like most of us uh, that are now internal, kind of starting life agency side, learning learning the ropes, if you like. Um, I co-founded and, and co-ran, if that's the correct word, uh, an, an agency for a long time, but kind of fell out of love with the agency model and wanted to make that move in-house and, and did it through an RPO, which is obviously where you and I met uh, at Talentful. Did that for a few years and then um, kind of made the move to to a, a real in-house environment. That's probably not the right way to put it, but um, yeah, made the move over to uh, to GoodNotes and, and then obviously now it's StackAdapt. Uh, so yeah, that's me. Of course, and overall first impressions of StackAdapt, I know you've been there uh, already a couple of months, right? It's been seven months now, I think. So yeah, super positive. Uh, it's It's been a real interesting time given the current market, which is obviously what we're about to talk about. But um, yeah, the, the business itself seems to be run by um, some really intelligent and uh, realistic owners. Uh, we've gone through sort of several conversations around the state of the market and how that impacts the business. And instead of, I suppose, panicking, instead of, you know, looking at how to cut costs um they're being more realistic about it and and maybe just cutting back on some of the ambitious plans that they had rather than uh you know rather than reducing our headcount so um from a talent perspective it's it's been a really interesting journey we more than doubled in size last year um which was a huge achievement uh this year it's going to be a lot lot more conservative in terms of hiring but there's still lots for us to do as a talent team and i think that's what's been really refreshing to see of course, of course, always good to see talent teams, but also companies think sensibly around hiring and kind of their exactly. planning around yeah. around like the coming months and what that should look like. Um, well, speaking of which, so very keen to get your take on what the current market, what the current talent market looks like and what hiring looks like. Um, mm. as a whole and and maybe just to introduce that question and these these stats may or may not relate to what you're gonna 
present also zoom but uh this is picked from a couple of articles that i'm going to put in the episode yeah. description um but look just a couple of citations from like yahoo finance and mm. and a couple of other links that i'll provide but already you know starting with i guess um one one main highlight was last year early november right that really set the tone because at that time meta let go of about eleven thousand yep. employees yep. and around that time it was also twitter stripe um, amazon let go of a couple of people also and in another article i read so apparently around 30 tech firms have, have laid off about twenty thousand in staff in the yep. first days of 2023 right yep. and that's according to layoffs.fyi which is one yep. uh, one site i can recommend that kind of tracks um layoffs uh across the board mm-hmm. um you know we can go into a couple of more examples but maybe the more recent one was also um, i think amazon most recently right cut yep. about eighteen thousand jobs yep. in what is the biggest round of layoffs they've they've had um um, so that's one thing to to consider and and i guess another example was salesforce also recently which yeah smaller smaller round of a couple thousand employees which obviously is is huge right but yeah i mean this these are these are definitely alarming numbers um definitely though very big tech kind of related although we've we've also seen smaller firms um uh, go through layoffs what's uh maybe bringing it back to you like what's your take on the current market and kind of what's what's uh what's the situation looking like at the moment from your perspective yeah it's certainly chaotic out there and i think um you're right we're seeing a lot of the big tech firms uh laying people off unfortunately i, I suppose there's an element of maybe them getting more publicity than the smaller tech companies which is why we might be paying a little bit more attention to it um but I think there's just, you know, stating the obvious, there's a lot of uncertainty in the market at the moment. No one really knows what's going to happen over the next few months. Um, and, you know, from my perspective, the current state of the market is one where you need to be super strategic when it comes to hiring and not not make the mistake of stopping hiring altogether, but at the same time, not making that mistake of over-hiring because if in, you know, a quarter or two's time, revenue numbers aren't necessarily where you need them to be you're going to unfortunately have to make cutbacks and i think that's what we're starting to see it's a bit of a sweeping statement but meta as an example hired a lot of people over the last few years you and i've personally seen a lot of our ex-colleagues go there i've been so jealous i'm like oh my god these guys are joining (laughs) meta and making exactly god knows how much money just the source you know <laughs> exactly so, sorry meta people but you know just just yeah. stating stating facts um but i think you know that's a really good example of a company that may be uh overhired too quickly and that's why it was such a a large number of people in one go um possibly the same with some of those other organizations that you've talked about i think twitter had had its own problems but um you know possibly sort of similar challenges around hiring too many people too quickly um we're obviously seeing vcs being a little bit more stringent it's probably the best way of putting it with you know the investments and and therefore some of those uh larger startups are you know suffering with the lack of funding lack of capital to continue growing um and as we know a lot of series a uh startups possibly even series b they're not profitable they're you know they are counting on that that uh, investment to continue running and so we're soon as soon as that is pulled it's it's panic stations unfortunately 
But I think you know, in in the grand scheme of things, what's what, what that's created is is opportunity. I think you know, thinking about it positively, I think a lot of people maybe who were stuck in big tech or were were in big tech for the wrong reasons might now have the opportunity to reconsider what they want to do with their careers. Um, on the less positive side, of course, it's going to be super competitive out there. There's a lot more competition for for open roles, um, and I, you know, my heart genuinely does go out to a lot of these individuals who have been let go at a really difficult time. Obviously, just before Christmas is there's never a great time to be let go, but just before Christmas feels like possibly the worst time. Um, uh, but you know, I've I've certainly kept my eye on things like job boards and stuff like that, just as part of the role that I do. And it feels like there are roles out there. There are people that are still hiring. It's just. As I said before, I think companies are starting to be a lot more strategic. We certainly are at Stack Adapt, and you know we, we're not going to be hiring at the same rate we were all of last year. Certainly not for the first couple of quarters this year, but we are still hiring. There are still roles that we we see as you know sort of business critical or important to our continued growth, and so we'll continue to hire those, but just more strategically rather than looking for that volume that we were last year. Of course, I guess it depends on the reasons that companies have made redundancies right. Um, you mentioned things like profitability and VCs looking mm. more at profitability and putting pressure on companies. I guess that's one one example that comes to mind. I guess one of the earliest UK-related examples from last year was, what was it Pollen? I think it's called? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the biggest, most dramatic example of just a company of a couple hundred, I can't remember how many people they had, like a couple hundred yeah. at least, like they yeah. were quite large. And and I think it kind of seemed like uh, within a in a progression of a couple of weeks, uh, before you knew it, people started commenting on how they're not paying um, um, a, uh, sort of other companies they work with, right? Yeah. Suppliers, how some people yeah. maybe have been waiting for their paychecks to come in and and then the the alarm bell started to ring like oh yep. how in terms of transparency and how much money the company is making where yep. are we exactly and where is this um going yep. um uh you know coming back to things like um meta and and amazon and everything like definitely big tech examples but um one thing that struck me from looking at uh what cost this this market was um, I guess a couple of things, right? I mean, uh, to begin with, the you mentioned the overhiring during the pandemic um, yeah. sort of era, right? So, um, in one article that that I'll cite into into the um, the episode description, they said that things like, you know, during this 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 time, the tech sector it stood out because there was a lot of digital transformation. Uh, many businesses had to go online in a very short period of time, yeah. um, and had to hire new skill sets. Um, and a lot of employees were upskilled into into other areas, but now that that transition has been completed, or the demand to for products, you know, your Netflix subscription, your Amazon mm -hmm. purchases, that et cetera, et cetera, started to wane down. Um, obviously, companies had to go into into budget cuts. Um, mm -hmm. And another interesting one that uh, coming back to Meta, but also this this could impact other companies. I'm I'm sure you've seen. Um, uh, was things like regulation um, and and uh, not just like government regulation, but also from other hosting tech firms. Yeah. So I think what impacted really Matt a lot was things like the privacy changes implemented by by Apple, right? Mm -hmm. That made it difficult for like social media companies to target 
people with digital advertising. Yeah. That one was really like not just the overinvestment in like uh, VR and so forth, but yeah. also just mm-hmm. Apple doubling down on privacy changes and and making it difficult for social media companies to 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 advertise. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, I, I hate to say it like this, but it, it has been a, a perfect storm of, of circumstances that created a really hostile market. And, you know, stating the obvious, we've just come through a pandemic, a global pandemic. And, you know, the, the there there was a huge cost associated to that. that I think a lot of people either ignored or didn't necessarily realise because rightly so, they were distracted by the actual pandemic itself. You've got the war in Ukraine, which is again had a huge impact on um on global economies um there's I, I suppose a number of other factors as well and i'm by no means a, a finance expert or, or you know an analyst of sorts i'm sure there will be people that can do a much better job of of talking through these uh these circumstances but i think it just has been an amalgamation of of all of these things that's created a really difficult market and and i think there is probably elements of companies panicking I, I mentioned sort of you know hitting panic stations earlier i think there is elements of that um you look at some of the big tech companies did they need to let go of that many people probably not um but as i say you know you start it's that domino effect isn't it you you see twitter and meta making those layoffs and of course the other big companies are going to stand up and pay attention to that and even if they don't believe they need to it might just be because they they see that in you know in the press that they they feel like they need to act um but at the same time of course there are going to be instances where there is a genuine financial need to safeguard the rest of the business to, to make those layoffs and i mean you've talked about meta extensively there i was reading an article recently that was talking about just how much investment they've put into the metaverse and I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that that seems like you know, in hindsight, rather than rather than at the time, in hindsight, it seems like that was a complete waste of resource and money, and maybe they could have reinvested that into other areas of the business. Um, but at the same time, you are correct. There's you know, there's things that have been, I suppose, forced upon some of these big tech companies, some of the social media companies that are going to prevent them from doing everything they wanted to, or prevent them from doing things their way. They've traditionally done it and we know that data is key to a lot of these businesses and if there are certain privacy laws that prevent them from using that data and you know the way they want to of course they need to reconsider and 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 almost reset on on the you know the product roadmap and things like that so so like i said i think that that kind of like perfect storm of all of those things is is possibly the best explanation for what's caused the current market um I think now what we really need to focus on is how we get out of it. And that's obviously not going to be on on just one or two people or companies. It's going to be on a collective of, you know, individuals, companies, governments to to really kind of get through the next, I would say, few few months and see hopefully that there there is light at the end of the tunnel, basically. Of course, of course. And look, I guess to maybe balance the situation out a little bit in terms of regions, but um, in one other article that I read, so basically they explained that I think since last year, since in 2022, um, I think it was about uh, 150,000 people that have been 
laid off in in tech firms in the tech mm-hmm. space due to the 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 market situation but that apparently around 2500 of those were in london for being lost at london-based tech companies right so i guess mo- it's been mostly us-based companies that have gone through these these troubles i mean and yeah. and definitely quite a few in in the uk and london but but i guess it's it's been comparatively I mean, and we can see this a lot in LinkedIn feeds. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I barely have any connections in the US, but still, somehow my LinkedIn feed gets filled with companies yeah. in the US or people in the US mentioning redundancies and so forth. So there is yeah, kind absolutely. of a region specific sort of situation. Yeah, I guess, you know, so again, at Stacker, that we, we kind of hire in three different regions. We have our North American region, EMEA region, and then uh, APAC. And it definitely feels like there's there's kind of sort of peaks and troughs, if you like, across the different regions. Um, but exclusively within, within EMEA, it feels like, you know, the European countries seem to be in a slightly better place from what I can gather, but certainly not perfect. I think candidates are still a little bit wary of moving on if they're in stable jobs and, you know, that's to be expected. But yeah, I get what you mean. I feel like there's perhaps a little bit more um, uncertainty, possibly in the US specifically. Um, it's such a large economy. I suppose you can kind of uh, compare it to to China as a market. You know, China's still unfortunately going through waves of COVID, and and their their sort of approach to getting through through the pandemic perhaps hasn't worked as well as they wanted it to. And that is invariably going to have a wider impact on the rest of the continent because it's such a big economy there. It's, you know, the same as in the US. It's such a big economy that I think it it kind of it feels the pinch more, but at the same time, when things hopefully do recover, theoretically, they should recover in a in a bigger way than maybe smaller markets will. So Yeah, well, on that note, like it reminds me of the the crypto company FTX and Chris <laughs> crypto is like yeah. a whole other beast like don't ask me about crypto I don't know any I mean I just know that I should keep away from it right that's that's all I know about crypto but I was reading another article on sifted where they talked about the European startups that FTX invested in Um, and it was quite a lot like quite a lot of money and obviously a lot of these uh, and there were a lot of crypto companies but that a lot of these companies are also going through troubles right now obviously because if their investor is FTX then that that has definitely an impact um uh there um now maybe uh changing a little bit into into what recruiters can do um zoom right because Mm. that's been kind of one of the main comments or questions topics amongst talent people is oh what do you do let's say you know you're in a hiring freeze or you're in i guess uh or hiring for maintenance that can be another Mm. way of companies putting it but let's say what can recruiters do during this period of things like hiring freezes and everything like what's your yeah. what's your take there yeah it's a really personal point and, and actually i suppose to to this point we are seeing a lot of talent folk being let go in the current market because there are hiring freezes and and so um you're right you know this is this is something that i think a lot of uh internal recruiters in particular are going to have to you know, brush up on and, and and make sure that they're really proving that value. So I suppose to answer the question outright, I I would start by saying that 
most recruiters need to remember that they aren't just there to hire. That might feel the way that might feel um sorry, get my words out. It might feel that way because it's the majority of what we do. But now is really time to focus on those kind of those bits in between the hiring and filling jobs and and you know the, the feel good factor, if you like, of of what we do and and securing good careers for people. It's about uh, understanding first and foremost when hiring does pick back up again and thinking positively, it will pick back up. Are the processes that are in place right? to scale the business, to continue scaling the business. And that's a really important one because ultimately I think a lot of us get distracted by the data and the numbers when it comes to hiring. And, you know, we're focused on how many candidates are at the top of our funnel and how many are making it through. But actually we don't really have the time to go into the granular detail and, and understand what might be stopping candidates from progressing from top of the funnel to hired. Um, having those really honest and transparent conversations with hiring managers to kind of dig into how they feel about things and, you know, understand maybe are there areas of improvement that can be driven by that or are there gaps in their knowledge that, again, the talent team should be responsible for fulfilling, whether it's how to actually interview, how to give feedback, how to how to engage with candidates through the process and things like that. So I think that's, that's a really good point and, and a really big one, even though it may feel redundant because there is a hiring freeze actually the sooner you can uh, optimize your process the you know the sooner you kind of get over that hurdle and theoretically it can be a big piece of work if if your processes aren't great um i suppose beyond that you know there's certainly a lot of things that we're working on at stack adapt at the moment that kind of include boring compliance stuff but it is important at making sure your, your your ats is up to date have you got a load of data on there that shouldn't be on there you know is your gdpr it, you know up to date in in line with what what it needs to be kind of thing and again like i say it's boring but it can result in huge fines for organizations and i think organizations ignoring it is is a bigger issue so that's definitely something that um that, that we can focus on um there is also that point around um I suppose resource resource planning um you know potentially accounting for people moving on even though we've talked about it being a difficult market as i say there are still companies hiring and i think the danger of companies letting go of their recruiters and this might apply more to the startups rather than the big tech companies but the danger of letting recruiters go is well what happens if your team see that and start to panic and want to move on and then you need to replace them because they've left the business who's going to do that and how are you going to do that and so i think you know having again very honest and, and transparent conversations with business leaders to understand what the contingency plan is. How are we going to replace people? Are we going to replace people? Um, potentially discussing with direct line managers who potential flight risks in their team are. You know, are they are they concerned about the way people are performing or the attitude people have within their team? Because that could then be a good opportunity to start pipelining for those types of those types of backfills and things like that. So I think those are just some of the things that, um, you know, I've, I've seen in the past and, and some of the things that we're starting to do with stack adapt. Um, I think beyond that, it will come down to individual companies and, and I suppose what they are expecting to happen over the next couple of months. But um, there's, there is going to be a point where things pick back up again. We saw it 
after the, the initial kind of fallout of the pandemic. And I think, again, from a talent-specific perspective, we saw a crazy hiring market for recruiters. And, you know, let's be honest, people were were being offered ridiculous salaries because it was so competitive. And whilst a bounce back may not be as quick or as, uh, as aggressive as that, there will be a bounce back. And I think being as prepared as you can be, from an individual perspective through to like an organizational perspective is going to be, in my opinion, the difference between the companies that capitalize on what's happening at the moment versus those that struggle to bounce back essentially. And so um, of course I'm going to say it because it's the job that I do, but talent functions are very, very important. And I think a lot of organizations still don't see that, don't believe that. Um, And so again, to answer the original question outright, I think it's on us as recruiters to prove that point, to prove the value we bring beyond just I've hired a software engineer, I've hired a sales manager, et cetera, et cetera. I agree. I mean, there's so much you can do as a as a talent professional during a hiring freeze and really sort of preparing your company for the times ahead yep. is crucial. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, if we've seen anything, I mean, we've seen so much over the last two, three years is that hiring eventually does does pick back up, right? Yeah. So it's good to prepare your your processes, uh, your data, your branding, et cetera, et cetera, exactly. for when those moments come back. And, and I agree with the point you made around things like, so every time during a period of layoffs at a company, Let's say if you let go, let's say you're a company of who knows, like 50 people, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? And you let go of five, there's always going to be another three, four that feel like, oh, this isn't the place for me anymore. It's changed yeah. due to these layoffs. So yeah. there's always that second wave of, um, after redundancies, a second wave of um, of people that decide to move on, right? Yeah. Um, I think from a talent perspective, though, I want to get your take on this on on just one final topic that I wanted to, to mention, and it's that... Um, at least from a um, talent perspective, what um, what I always see is the following happening, right? So, okay, so talent professionals and myself included, right? We face hiring freezes or hiring for maintenance or reduced hiring. And then we scramble for like, what's what project can I do, right? Like, oh, snap, what can I, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Oh, let me do this employer brand thing. Let me do this blog posts on the social media thing. Let's look at the data. Let's look at the pipeline, right? Yeah. And, oh, look, the top of funnel is, is this, but the middle of the funnel is that. And then we try to come up with all these kind of projects to keep us busy. Um, which, uh, and, and I would say the problem with that is that it doesn't quite solve the problem that you're facing right now, which is the actual hiring freeze or hiring for maintenance Mm -hmm. or, 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 or layoffs, right? Now, maybe the, the layoffs piece, like if from already from the top, before, you know, it, companies are like, Hey, look, layoffs is what's going to happen. Or from the very top, you know, unfortunately, sometimes we're in very top heavy organizations where you don't have any input and they just say, oh, look, zero hiring, and we're not going to yeah. do anything about that, then unfortunately, that's a that's a company that doesn't kind of value talent, talent yeah. professionals' opinions. So, yeah. so I, you know, my hopes aren't too strong for that circumstance. And it could mm-hmm. be a case of like, you know what, maybe it's, it's your, your input hasn't been taken into consideration. So it might be a case of looking elsewhere right like yeah if, if your input yeah. isn't taken into consideration that's one thing you might need to consider 
But then let's say if you're in a hiring freeze or hiring for maintenance, and there's still, you know, uh, management that's open to discussions, opinions, then I think that's a good moment to, um, to really use hiring to, to unblock the hiring freeze, right? And what I mean by that is um, a lot of times the hiring freeze comes down to things like, oh, companies wanting to achieve profitability. Um, how do we make money? How do we cut costs? How do we become profitable in like 12 months, two years time, whatever yep. it is. Um, and look, one way of doing that is by hiring the right people in key positions that can bring your company forward, right? So I think what I've been missing a lot of times in these, and a lot of the oh discussions around what can talent people do instead is go back to the very principles, beginnings of, of talent and talk to your hiring managers and understand, okay, look, we're, we need to achieve X, Y, and Z objectives to make the company successful. What are those objectives for you and what's keeping you from achieving those objectives? And a lot of times, like there's a lot of reasons, but some of them include just, oh, we just we just need the certain skill sets yep. in the team. We just need yep. certain, you know, in an ideal scenario, we'd have X, Y, and Z people in the team, right? And then just really understanding what that profile looks like. And then just coming with a proposal to hiring managers and to, to decision makers of like, hey, look, we're doing job intakes. We're doing them a lot more strangely and a lot more intensively. And um, to unblock the marketing team from X, Y, and Z, or to unblock the engineers from X, Y, and Z to help us achieve the business goals, they're proposing these hires, right? And I mean, look, it, that's that sounds like super easy. It definitely isn't, right? Because um, you know, a lot of times we're ha- our hands are tied, and it's like no zero yeah. hires or anything along those lines. But I'd be very keen to see talent professionals do more of that job intake, understanding business needs, business metrics, um, how to achieve those metrics through hiring the right people. And look, maybe you what you realize is that, oh, maybe it's not a hiring the right people type situation, but it's more upscaling certain individuals. It's more yeah. maybe internal hiring, bringing someone from that team, or it's more a case of um, outsourcing, like bringing an external partner um uh, you know there's different ways different solutions you can you can find um, yep. but you play as the uh, you've played a, a part in that decision right like you've played a part yeah. in that problem solving process so yep. that's i think that's even better than like well let me look at the pipeline and uh, i'll just yep. create a report uh you know that yep. can prepare you for success later on but the problem is what are you going to do now, right? It, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the biggest problem you have is the hiring freeze, right? So how are you going to unblock that is kind of the question that I would pose a lot of people. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. And actually, you know, again, using the example of pollen and uh, apologies to, to, <laughs> to do that. But, um, you know, I think the, the there was an element of surprise as to what had happened there. Uh, certainly reading up on the situation, there was a, a Daily Mail article and I feel bad even sort of, mentioning the daily mail because obviously they're not the most reliable source but they they kind of phrased it as like the fire festival of startups because they kind of they they led people to believe that they were building this this huge thing and it it just all fell apart very very quickly and they just secured a huge amount of investment as well i think in those types of instances again using that example that you gave there are going to be instances like that where we're actually there isn't a huge amount you can do and and i would kind of encourage individuals that have worked in those organizations to really question 
the new companies that they're interviewing for around the attitude towards hiring, the attitude attitude towards talent and the talent teams to really dig, um, you know, to, to to dig around that point and understand if it's just going to be the same kind of environment. Um, but for those that perhaps have a little bit more awareness of the value talent teams bring, yeah, I, I think, you know, everything you mentioned is, is spot on. I think it, 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 it kind of encourages people to, uh, to 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 humanize talent, if you like, because I think we are dehuman uh, dehumanized a lot. But it also gives the talent individuals more insights into a business. It helps them to represent that business, and as you correctly said, it also helps them to have a positive impact in an area that they may not have an impact on if it was BAU and, you know, we were just hiring a ton of roles as we usually do. So, so yeah, I think it's a really good way and an interesting way of looking at it and, and, and having that earlier impact rather than, as you say, waiting to, to see what kind of transpires. Yeah. I guess to summarize, like if you're in a great company that actually wants or values your input um, and what you can bring to the table and just is still open to proposals, even though there's a higher bar for those proposals, then then by all means take the initiative and yeah. be proactive right and yeah. and talk to hiring managers understand your company understand your business objectives and how you can contribute to yeah. those instead of just yeah. like being a cv machine right um but also the flip side of that is that fully appreciate that and we've been in those situations your hands are tight you can't do anything like you can't bring any input you bring it it doesn't it falls yeah. to deaf ears so that can be a situation where you need to like reconsider uh, your options, but also just, I mean, don't be always delivery, right? Be also strategic and be partnering with your hiring managers. So yeah. that's maybe the message there. Uh, Zoom for, for uh, so to wrap up for more information about yourself, if people want to connect, where can they go? Hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not going to share my Twitter profiles because I don't really use Twitter anymore. But um, yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best place. Uh, always happy to connect with individuals in the industry. Uh, always happy to have a chat as well. So uh, yeah, look for me on LinkedIn. Amazing, amazing. We'll add the uh, the link in the episode description. Um, um, oh, just should have asked you before if that's okay with you, uh, Zoom? Yeah, or, yeah, of course yeah. it is. Yeah, Amazing, amazing. Yes. Um, cool. Well, look, Zoom. Uh, Always amazing speaking with you. Um, thank you so much for your time. And look, looking forward to more of these uh, episodes where we dive deep into a cool topic and unpack it definitely. and see where it takes us. Nice one. Thanks for having me. And yeah, we'll definitely speak soon. Amazing. My pleasure.